Fiberpod episode 5 begins now. One, two, one, two, three, four. This is the cinnamon song. This is the cinnamon song. Ring the gong, ring the gong, cause this is the cinnamon song. Ring, ring, ring in Chicago. Ring, ring, ring in Chicago. Yes, hello, hi, how you doing? Yes, hello, hi, how you doing? Have you got the newest cinnamon in town? Yes, no, maybe so. Yes, no, maybe so. Ring, ring, hello, Chicago. Ring, ring, how you doing today? How you doing today? You're out of the time zone. I want I want your cinnamon, yeah, I want your cinnamon, oh, I want your cinnamon, Chicago, I want your cinnamon, just listen to the cinnamon song from the 2009 album The Seasides by my fake band The Utter. To properly explain that song and put it in its context, let's all, through the power of our magical minds, travel back in time to that long distant year of 2009. I had just moved from the cold climate of Boston to the crazy, warm, and sun-filled environment of Los Angeles to finish up my final semester of college for Emerson had a L.A. program. I got out there, and it was a crazy, crazy culture shock. Not just the heat, but just all of it. And beyond that, I was just going through the tail end of a crazy time in my life due to some unfortunate medical stuff I might get into in a later episode. But regardless, imagine the most utterly typical fish-out-of-water horror show type of scene where uh, a grumpy East Coast cold creature, and by that I mean myself, was suddenly flung into the sun-kissed and horribly hot Los Angeles parade of unending nightmares, for lack of a better term. Uh, And... The way this Emerson program worked was you finished up the last couple of classes you needed, but the most important part was you got an internship at hopefully some film or animation company with the ultimate hope that the internship would then turn directly into a job and you'd graduate from Emerson and then Emerson could be like, look, we have another professional here. We've done it. Well, for me, that didn't work out quite so well. At the time, I was really into stop motion animation, which... I'd always been into my whole life, but it was always sort of a side hobby on top of filmmaking. But then due to all the sort of strange filmmaking ups and downs I had at Emerson, again, perhaps for another episode, I got more and more into stop motion as my main goal, and when I moved to L.A., my hope was to intern at a stop motion company. However, at the time I moved there, because I always have such wonderful timing, there were no stop motion companies available for interns, And I had to fall back on sort of my second choice, desperately. Uh, And I applied to all sorts of production companies for... I also liked writing scripts and reading scripts, so I thought maybe that would be good. And the one company that did respond back to me seemed pretty decent. They were a production company that had produced some of my favorite darker, dramatic films from the 90s. So... I was like, all right, it's not stop motion, but here's a company that's produced films I admire. All right, you know, I'm new to this whole thing. All right. Well, 
it turned out to be a complete and utter nightmare. So at the time, Emerson had not yet built their wild new contained campus on Sunset Boulevard. Instead, all of us students were put in the infamous Oakwood apartments right up the hill from Warner Brothers. Now, if any of you have just watched the Netflix show Love, that is the apartment complex the main character, the Paul Rust character, lives in, and they even use the same building I lived in in 09 as the exterior establishing shot. So that gave me some kind of nightmares or war flashbacks watching that. The Oakwoods were a strange place because beyond just us Emerson students there, the majority of the people there in this enclosed, expensive apartment complex were would-be and actual child star actors who were there to be close to all the studios doing pilot season right down the road. So there were a lot of really scary, weird, overprivileged, rich kids running around, and then us confused Emerson students, and then sadder still were a lot of older actors who hadn't acted in forever and just lived in these apartment buildings, kind of just puttering about like lunatics. So that was a strange enough experience, but then while living there, I ended up getting this internship with a production company that happened to be all the way in Beverly Hills, which is a bit of a drive from Burbank. And it was as Beverly Hills as you should get. It was on the Avenue of the Stars. That was actually the street it was on. I was required to go into the internship four days a week from 9 in the morning to 6 at night, which was more time and days than Emerson allowed, which I did not know at the time. And in all this time, I was required to wear a suit and a tie because this was Beverly Hills. And even though I was an unpaid, unglorified intern, I had to look the part. So every day I'd wake up real early in Burbank, put on my suit and tie, drive in deadlock traffic all the way out of the valley and up into Beverly Hills, park underground, go up into this building, and do nothing of importance. My hope was that while there, I would be able to read and comment on the scripts they had, for that was what I was told I would do. And I thought that would be very educational for me as someone trying to write films. But from day one, we were told flat out by our supervisor that while we would be given scripts to read, these scripts had already been bought by the company, and as such, our notes on them should not be too harsh or mean or critical because we shouldn't offend our supervisor's boss, who was the head of the production company. So... Why were we there, you might ask, if our opinions and script reading actually were all for naught? Well, dear listeners, let me tell you, ho-ho. We interns were there to cater to all the eccentric and strange whims of the old owner of the company. The owner of this company did not like personally using the internet. She did not even like going on the computer at all, so every morning my job was to go to the main page of all the Hollywood gossip websites, you know, Deadline Hollywood, uh, Perez Hilton, TMZ, E-Online, and print out these front pages. 
once I printed out these front pages, I had a certain way of putting them together and then placing them on her desk. This is all before she even came in in the morning. We had to get this done before she showed up because if we were to be late and give her the printouts of the websites while she was there, she would be offended. So I'd scurry into her big office surrounded by all these Oscars and statues and awards and place the paperwork on her desk in a certain way I was instructed and hightail it out of there. Then an hour, maybe hour and a half later, she'd come in, she'd go to her desk, she'd look at all the printed pages of websites, read the headlines, then she would, with a big pen, circle the headlines of the ones she was interested in, then those circled headline pages would be brought back to my supervisor, who would then give them to me. I would then have to go back onto the internet, find those websites, click on the links that she circled, get to their individual pages, print out those pages, staple the printed out website pages together, give those once more to my supervisor to, yes, once more give to the company owner. This happened every single day I was there, and the amount of wasted paper was truly astronomical and ridiculous. However, that certainly wasn't the most ridiculous thing I had to do while I was an intern at this company. The most ridiculous thing were the monthly cinnamon calls. Now, what on earth is a monthly cinnamon call, you might ask? That doesn't sound like a thing. Well, it shouldn't have been a thing, except it was. Let me tell you what's going on here. It's, it's a bit of a thing. So, apparently, the owner of this company had a favorite cinnamon. Oh, yes, she loved this certain specific type of cinnamon that was only available from one certain market in Chicago. So, naturally... When your favorite cinnamon is from an entirely different city in an entirely different place of the country from you, you make sure your unpaid underlings have to continuously call up the cinnamon market in Chicago at least once a month, if not more, if you yourself have already finished all this wonderful cinnamon. And yes, you make sure your underlings call the place get an order put in, make sure the shipping address is all fine, and get it shipped out to Beverly Hills, to the Avenue of the Stars, for you to partake in while you're reading your printouts of the internet because you don't want to actually touch a computer yourself. So yes, it was such a ridiculous situation. It inspired me to vent my anger into that ridiculous song you heard at the beginning of this episode. The cinnamon stuff pretty much broke me and I ended up leaving that internship for an animation company opened up an internship that I was able to take and I remember at the time my supervisor at this place screaming and yelling at me, how dare you leave in the middle of a semester like this? You know how hard it will be to find another intern? You're putting us in a horrible bind and you're really gonna fuck up your career if this is what you act like. And uh, he did everything he could in his power to scare me into staying there and continuing to order cinnamon for his boss. But I left, and of course, I found out from one of the other interns there 
pretty much a day after I left, they got another unpaid intern in because really, when is there ever a dearth of naive, inexperienced people flooding into Hollywood wanting to get their foot in the door? So yeah, that company's ridiculous scare tactics didn't scare me, and I ended up leaving it, but it left pretty much an eternally bad taste in my mouth and a brain full of some of the dumbest memories of all a time. Thank you very much for listening to me complain about Hollywood. Okay, goodbye.